Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss and Cage Podcast. So this is another bonus episode. I'm starting to love and enjoy these bonus episodes. And also I have like my, my executive producer always in the background saying it's time for you to do another bonus episode. So can I fulfill right. the requirements welcome, welcome back to of Boss and Cage setting that up for her to make sure that I'm hitting that content and, and I have to make sure that I get this done, right? So let's like get into my, the topic for today. producer always in the background saying it's time for you to do another bonus episode. All right. So today's topic is 11 quick tips to get the best results out of virtual networking. So the reason why I'm doing this topic is I'm obviously a part of a networking group and I've been part of multiple different networking groups over the years. So this networking group, I am the education chair. So I get the opportunity to educate people on particular topics like this on a week to week basis. So this week I did a 10 minute presentation and I was okay, like what's a good bonus episode for the Boston Cage podcast? Why not do this, but expand on that 10 minutes and make it a little bit longer and give a little bit more detail, a little bit more insight to like what these things are and how to really figure out like what virtual networking is and how to be more effective with it right so i'm going to dive into this and you know obviously i think if you have any feedback definitely go to, to the boston cage facebook group or go to the boston cage on um you're on youtube right now as well or you can definitely go to just general boston cage on the facebook and just leave comments just let me know what your thoughts are i mean obviously I, if i missed anything we can kind of fill it in and if you have any questions i would love to fill it in as well too so the first of the 11 tips, right? So again, the title of this episode is 11 quick tips to get the best result out of a virtual network, right? right? Out of virtual network. So what does that really mean? So number one, first and foremost, I think in today's world, if you're not using technology to benefit you, then you're doing yourself a disservice. And what I mean by that is like back in the day, right? Which was essentially a couple of years ago, right? That's back in the day in, in today's terminology. We would do stuff like emails. I would contact someone and say, hey, what works for you? They will respond back, well, how about Thursday at 5 o'clock, Thursday at 10 a.m.? And then I would be like, oh, unfortunately, that day I have something else. And then they were like, okay, what about this, right? So that, that, that was kind of like the dawn of like the, the networking stuff, like online meetings and all this other stuff. But you were always having these issues trying to figure out the times, time slots to maximize, to figure out how do I get in contact with this person? When's the best time? Then after that, you've heard strategists and you've heard other people say, okay, well, part of sending out an email to get a requested time, send them two times, right? So that way it slims down the variables of them trying to figure out when can they book an appointment with you. I could then say, hey, what about Tuesday at three and Thursday at 10? Would any of these work for you? That, that, that works at times. That sounds great as well. But in today's world, there's so many different things going on, it becomes even more difficult to even just give those two options. So in today's world, right now, 2021, the best option is to utilize an online scheduling platform. Now, these tools are easy to use and they integrate with essentially everything, right? Uh, most people, they probably use Outlook or they use Google Calendar. And there's multiple other calendars on there. I'm not going to list all of them out. But those are the, like the two top big wigs, right? If you're in corporate America and you're using Microsoft products, then you're going to be using 
the outlook. If you're more of an entrepreneur or if you're more like a business owner, you're probably going to use Google because it's a little more flexible, right? So having your calendars do the work for you is ideal because now what you can do is say, okay, you want to meet, I want to meet, here is my scheduler. Take, go to this link, figure out a time that works best for you. If that time slot is available on my scheduler, then I'm also available on a scheduler, which cuts down on the back and forth with the emails. The back and forth with the emails, it's a time suck. It's like you're wasting time going, oh, no, yes, no, yes, the hell with that. Create a planner. Create a scheduler. Send out an email link. Let the system work for you to maximize your time. So as far as schedulers and planners, they're a dime a dozen, right? The two that I currently use and that I would recommend is one is called Book Like a Boss for obvious reasons, right? The branding alone on that thing attracted to me because I'm boss on cage, right? So that branding works, but behind the scenes on that platform, it's a beautiful platform. I could do upsells on that platform. I could do cross-sells on that platform. I could book consultant gigs and then get paid directly from that meeting, which also cuts down on time of sending invoices on following up. If I'm going to bill someone an hourly rate to do something and they want me to consult them, I could just send them a link to my, my planner they can book it and pay for it at the time of booking, and then I will show up when that time comes. Everything is streamlined. It also sends automatic reminders as well, which could be a gift and a curse. Some people hate automatic reminders, but then you'll have the people that would potentially drop off from time to time. They say, oh, I didn't get it. It went to my spam, X, Y, and Z. All of this could be done for you, hence why I'm making the recommendation for these platforms. Second to that, which is, is an Atlanta bad boy native, is Calendly, right? It, it was originally created in Atlanta, which is where I'm located right now. It's a great platform. It's a monster of a platform. If anybody has used it, if you haven't used it, I would recommend definitely looking at both these platforms. Easy way to think about these to get the links is go to bossandcage.com slash booklikeaboss or go to bossandcage.com slash Calendly, which is C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y. Again, there's a million other platforms out there, but the, the key point of this number one, first and foremost, before we even talk about any other strategies on this particular episode, is that you have to have a calendar scheduling app to make your life 10 times easier, right? So number two, so we're talking about networking. So part of networking is, is, is a formality of equations and nah, it's not that complex. The reality is, is that you and somebody else are going to have a conversation and usually that person you're having a conversation is probably referred to you from someone else. Like that's the, the epitome of good networking is that I spoke to John and then John made a referral to Jamal. Jamal made a referral to Susan, so forth and so forth. And it makes it easy for you to compound your network overnight by just having general conversations about topics with people that are like-minded people or may potentially be clients with you. So number two, you want to establish the who and why and how. And you're thinking about like, what the hell is he talking about? Who, the why, or, or the how? Like, what does that have to do with, you know, what, what I'm talking about right now? Well, I want you to look at it as a part of a cross-reference. Like, before this conversation starts, right, you may send an email and say, okay, hey, Michael said I should talk to you. Michael made the referral, or Michael may have sent you to an email to introduce both parties. Then your response would be like, hey, it's great to meet you. I would love to communicate. I would love to set up a virtual coffee or set up an appointment. Here's my calendar or my scheduler. Feel free to book, right? So by default, it's already established the who, right? 
Michael was essentially the who that made the connection. Now, the why is hopefully Michael did that for you. He was saying, hey, talk to talk to SA. SA is really good with branding or he's really good with, with like growth strategies. I, I think you should, should connect because you have this background. He has that background. That's essentially the why. Right. And then like the how. Well, the how kind of tells you like how you're going to connect, which goes back to your planner, your scheduler. So think about these as Lego blocks. And if you connect these three Lego blocks, then you, you pretty much have a solid structure. If you're missing one of these three, then potentially the ball could be dropped. Like if I don't know who sent me the referral, then I'm talking to someone cold. It's almost like walking up to someone in the middle of the street, right? Then uh, if I don't know why we're talking, then again, that's kind of cold. I don't know what the hell we're, we're getting the meeting for. Why are we contacting each other again? That, that's like the drawback to LinkedIn. LinkedIn is like the epitome of this, right? Somebody may randomly send you a random message and everyone hates these cold messages. Don't even know how the contact came into place. Don't have any point of reference, but they're trying to sell you something. Bad move, right? And then going into the how, it was like, well, I, I don't even know who you are. I'm not, I'm never going to get to the how. I don't know why we're contacting each other or communicating. I'm never going to get to the how. So first and second, set up an appointment planner. And second to that, make sure you have a who and why. Make sure the person that's doing the referral does at least an introduction email, right? Or a private message chat on LinkedIn. Like I do a lot of those private message chats on LinkedIn because it just makes it easy. I'm like, okay, here's Mike, here's John. Hey, you two have this commonalities and go, shoot, run with it. Or what I've also done is I, I interview people on podcasts. So if I'm making a referral for someone that I interviewed on my podcast, what better tool than, than, I, than I can use than my own podcast episode? I can say, hey, here's Michael, here's Edgar. And this is a live example, Michael and, and Edgar, right? These are two, two people, right? One of them I interviewed on my podcast. The other one I met in my networking group. There's commonalities between both of them. So what did I do? I was like, hey, I think you guys should meet for this reason. That's the why, right? I'm the who, and then I give them a little bit more details in the why and the how by saying, hey, here's Edgar's episode on my podcast. So that way, when Michael goes to meet with Edgar, he's doing his research beforehand. He could look at his LinkedIn profile, but in my one-hour or 30-minute episode, it gives all the details of who he is and what he's about before Michael even has the opportunity to meet Edgar. So once he gets on the phone with Edgar, all the, the BS, the filling in the blanks, he can kind of skip forward and really get down to the meat and potatoes. And that's the beauty of networking and adding on podcasting. So let's go into number three. So you already got your planner. You already got your who, what, why. Now you're talking about icebreaker questions. So the icebreaker questions is not necessarily something that that's, needs to be difficult. It can be something that's, that's fun, something that's playful, especially if you had a podcast before or if you watched some of their YouTube videos. So you kind of get a gist for who these people are. That's another part of this is kind of do a little bit of research. Spend five minutes and go through someone's LinkedIn profile page. Figure out who they are. What are they about? What are their, what awards do they have? What, you know, that's all the preliminary stuff. That's the stuff that should be easy. But then you start to ask questions to figure out who they really are. So one of these icebreaker questions is, hey, it's great to finally meet you. You know, John made the connection. This is why he made the connection. I'm looking forward to it. You know, so I'm just going to, I like to do this and you can play it off like that. You can kind of be more nonchalant with it. Hey, I would like to ask you like a random question just so I can kind of get a feel for who you are so we kind of get on the same accord. If you were to take a vacation anywhere in the world, where would you take that vacation and why, right? So no matter who this person is, it's kind of like, okay, one, the tension drops down. It's more of a conversation. It's more of like, not to say buddy, buddy, pal, pal, but you know, obviously you have 
30 minutes, you may have 15 minutes, you may have an hour, but you want to ease into it. Just like with a podcast episode, it usually takes me somewhere between 10 to 15 minutes for whoever I'm interviewing to warm up, to settle down, to drop their guard, to become more comfortable, to dive into those questions. And that's when I really get into the meat and the questions of my of my questions is around 15 minutes. Hence why my episodes usually go between 30 to an hour because it takes me 15 minutes just to really kind of get them in there, right? One of my ice-breaking questions is kind of like, give me three to five keywords that define who you are, right? That's an icebreaker question that I'm using on the podcast, and you could easily use that for an icebreaker as well. Number four, so after you kind of break the ice and you're trying to figure out who this person is and you're diving into it, right, an education question. And I don't necessarily mean a linear education question. I don't mean to ask them, what degrees do you have or what college did you go to? All of that, again, you should already know from their LinkedIn profile if you've done a five minutes worth of research. Come into your conversations locked and loaded. You don't want to go into the battle empty-handed. You want to come to the table knowing at least something about who you're going to be speaking to. So a really good education question would be something more along the lines of, what advice would you give to yourself while you were in college? If you could time travel back in time and you could whisper something in your ears while before you started college, what would that be and why? Sounds a lot like one of my podcast questions, right? That's a good education question because that's going to then tell you the way they process, right? Then you can kind of dive into it. It can be multiple forks. They can be like, well, one thing I would change, was I wouldn't have went to school for this because I'm not doing that. But now you know a little bit more about them. You know a little bit more about their history. You may have some commonalities and then you can relate. So again, keep in mind, networking is more so about relating than selling. Selling comes from the relating to that person. People buy from people that they like, whether they lie about it or not. If someone does not like you, they're not going to buy from you. Hence why people have diverse sales teams and sales teams have their own list of people that they communicate with, people that they go play golf with, people that they go boating with, people that they, they may go and have a, a drink with at the, at the bar because they have commonalities and they have that you know reputation with that person. So think about that. Education question is number four, and you want to dive into their psyche and let them time travel back and give you an answer, something that they'll think about, not, so, not something that they're just going to recite from their LinkedIn page, because the LinkedIn page is, is, is a resume, right? Even though it shouldn't be a resume in today's world. Let's go into number five, business path questions, right? Now, everyone will ask you uh, something along the lines about, you know, business, like, what do you do? Who do you help? But we're not there yet, right? Instead of asking that, that question about what do you do, Ask them a question again that they're going to have to think about. So a good question for a business question after you kind of get past education, after you get past the icebreaker, would be, what's the biggest obstacle you faced in your business so far? That awkward pause, that's what you want. You want them to stop and process their answers. Again, we do not want recited general information that people just spit out over and over and over again. You want to be uniquely different to that person. You want to build a bond with that person. You want that person to remember who you are and remember that you asked them a question that they haven't been asked before and also something that will make them smirk or smile and be like, damn, that's a good question. Again, that's the formality of what I do on my podcast. If you ever hear it, somebody be like, oh, that's a good question because I'm sending them back. They have to 
put that word in between the answer because they actually have to think about the answer. It is not a recited answer. And I don't want recited answers. To me, that's not really getting to them. That's their scripted version of themselves. So give them questions that are going to break their mold and be like, well, damn, let me think about that for a minute. Right. So then going into number six, daily responsibilities. You want to find out what makes them tick. Right. So another style of question similar to the business question about their daily responsibilities. Again, you could ask a general question, which is not going to be very effective. Like, so what do you do on a day to day basis? And it's kind of like, well, you know, that, that, what's a better question than that? It's what's the best part of what you do? Because again, if they're going to have to think about what they do on a day-to-day basis, right? So look at it as a linear timeline. If I start work at 8 o'clock and I end work at 5 p.m., what does my day-to-day look like? X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. But then I'm asking them, what's the best part of that? So they're going to have to look at that timeline and figure out. It's much like asking a kid, what's your favorite um, lesson or what's your favorite class in school? A lot of them will say gym, right? Some of them may say math. Some of them will say science versus saying, hey, how was your day? Okay, how was your day leaves it too broad? You want to niche down. So asking them, what is your best part of what you do? Then you're going to get their passion. And once you start getting into the passion, then they'll start to peel back the onion layers and tell you a little bit more about them and why they like doing that. Because that's like the next question part, right? So I'm asking them, what's your best part of what you do? If I'm talking to a lawyer, they may be, well, I love helping people with blah, 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 blah. Then my next question is why? Like, how does that work? Like, how did you get into that? Again, it's a conversation. I'm building up that networking relationship with that person. Number seven, business conditioning questions, right? Now, obviously, you can do a a direct approach, and you can kind of look at it from the standpoint of, like, how many employees do you have? How many clients do you serve? Again, that's kind of LinkedIn. You can do that research on LinkedIn. I can look up a company profile and say it's 10 to 50 or 100 to 200. I can look up their clientele as well because most people, if they have websites that are pretty robust, they will have a list of clients that they work with, right? So, again, do the research. So, what's a better question to fill in for number seven. Where do you see your company heading? Okay, because right now, the clients that they have, that's current, right? The employees that they have right now, that's current. But I want them to think and I want them to process and that's gonna give me a little insight to like, what's the goals and aspirations of the individual and their company as well. So asking them, where do you see your company heading is gonna not only tell me, okay, they may have 10 employees right now, but they're planning to go from 1 million to 5 million, but they're not gonna be able to do that with just five employees. So I know that they're going to scale. So how many employees they have right now is irrelevant because they're gonna have more employees. And can I help them get more employees? How do I help them get more employees, right? If that's more capital, if that's helping them be more brand aware, then that's I'm building up all this information behind the scenes to allow me to kind of figure out if I am going to pitch something, what am I going to pitch based upon what their needs and requirements are versus just doing a cold pitch, which is saying, hey, I do branding. Blah, 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 blah. That shit doesn't work. And you can't just go in cold and attack that. You have to build up that, that reputation. And then you want to kind of figure out where they're going. Because again, if their objective is to sell the company, our conversation about branding is going to be completely different than if they're trying to create a new product. It's two different monsters. Number eight, industry questions, right? And I love this one. This is like probably one of my favorite questions because it's not only going to give you insight 
to that they are well aware of where the industry standards are and understanding like you know how to utilize their industry and figure out information but then i'm going to get to learn something about that industry that i may not know right now so that question number eight would be what are the top resources you use in your industry so from a graphic design standpoint, someone may say Adobe products. Somebody may say, I go to graphic design events and, and here's a, a list, of, I get it from this website. It's a directory of graphic design events. That's something that a regular person may not even know exists, right? So then once you have access to that, if that guy or that person or that gal you're talking to is your target audience, they've just given you access to find more people like them without you having to directly feed or fish for it. You're just asking them a general question and it's, oh yeah, we got this resource, we got that resource, we got this website, we got that directory. And again, because you're not in that niche 100%, you may not be, or you may be trying to dive into that niche. That is a good segue to seek that information and to use that information to find more clients, okay? There's a duality in everything that I'm gonna teach you guys. Number nine. So number nine is, is, is more so like miscellaneous, right? This is kind of like you want to you ask some industry questions, you ask some business questions, and it's a two-way conversation. This is just one side of the track. This is just what you're going to ask them. Now, based upon what they ask you, you then you can respond much similar to what we're talking about, like keeping the questions lighthearted, but you hopefully they're picking up on that you're diving a little bit deeper than at skin level. So in the, the miscellaneous stuff, it's kind of like fun, but it also gives you insight to who they are, right? Couple questions. What are you reading? Right. They could be reading the New York Times. They could be reading particular books, which goes back to my podcast. Right. I ask people what books have they read? What books are they reading and what books have they written? That is all part of the strategy of what I'm doing. Right. So keep that in mind. If I'm asking them what books they're reading every time I've asked that question on the podcast, I get an eyebrow raise my own eyebrow personally, because I'm like, oh, that's a book I didn't realize. Oh, that's a book that I saw, but I didn't purchase because I didn't, nah, I wasn't sure. But now I'm getting a tip from someone that has read that book and they've given me the value of the book. And then I take that book and put it in the book club. So again, asking that question could definitely tell you more about the industry, more about the person and give you more insight to grow. Another good question is like, okay, well, do you come from an entrepreneurial family? Like, obviously we're having a question conversation about business you know about business strategy you know about your 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 niche your key customers you know about your segmentation you know about, about all that didn't happen overnight did you get that hustle from somebody in your family again sounds a lot like one of my boston cage questions right so keep in mind like when i'm interviewing people i'm not just interviewing people i'm also networking i'm getting to know them i'm i'm making a database in my head and i'm gonna tell you how i ca kind of catalog my database as we go through these numbers right then also like what are your hobbies like how old are your kids this general questions because if you create these catalogs of information about the person you're talking to and next time you speak to them you'll be able to tap into that so if i'm speaking to um betty and betty has a kid that's the same age as my kid and his kid her kid plays basketball my kid plays basketball then when i reach back out to betty this follow up I'm like hey you know did did little john make the basketball team last week that's going to be more inclusive to her to put her emotional response to kind of open up to have a conversation. And then she's going to be like, yeah, he made the team and he's, and he's in varsity, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's cool. And then I could talk about like my son and what he's doing with basketball. And then we go into the business conversation. I'm breaking the eggs and I'm also reminding her. That's the other key thing is that 
people would network with dozens of people on a week to week basis, sometimes on a daily basis. So you have to kind of put yourself on a different level to make that association with the, the psychological side of it, which is emotional to get the best results. So you can pull that information in later down the road to make it easier for them to remember who you are and associate you to something positive. In this case, I'm talking about basketball with the kids, right? Um, number 10. So the first, I'm just going to recap the, like the first nine, right? So number one, you want to, first of all, get some software to make your appointments 10 times easier. Number two, you want to establish the who, the why, and the how. Number three, you want to do an icebreaker question. Number four, you want to go into an education style question. Number five, a business path question. Number six, a daily responsibility question. Number seven, a business condition question. Number eight, an industry question. Number nine, miscellaneous question. Now, number 10 is you're wrapping up, right? Again, you may only have 15 minutes, 30 minutes on a good day if you're having lunch or coffee an hour, right? Then obviously these processes that we're talking about, these steps, then you want to step and repeat these. So your wrap-up questions is like, what's next, right? And you want to generalize it. Like, what's next for you in your business? Because then that kind of gives you an opportunity to figure out what they're planning on doing. Because again, you may be a web designer, you may be an accountant, whatever it is that you're doing, you may not be the right fit at that time. But if they tell you what's next, that's when you go into your Rolodex and you figure out who to connect them to. You may pass that torch, but they're going to be more valuable to you if you're passing them to a torch for their next step. And they're going to be like grateful and say, thank you for giving me that recommendation for um, John. And John is a hell of an, a CPA or an accountant. And now they have an opportunity to work with John because of your connection and because of your networking that you made for them, made their lives 10 times easier. And you gave them a referral. Right. So that's one question. What's next for them on their business? Uh, another one is like, you know, how can I help you hit your goal? Okay, so they, they may say, well, you know, okay, you're, you're a brand strategist or a growth strategist or whatever. So what does that mean? Like, I was thinking about, you know, doing a, another business and, you know, I was kind of skeptical about it. I wasn't sure it was going to be effective. And then my response would be, well, I can help you with that. I, you know, we can sit down, we can talk about market sectors, we can talk about research, we can talk about like, like if people are even searching for that terminology, that keyword, to see if it's even a value add, maybe we can just set up a one hour consult to kind of figure those things out to make sure that that's going to be a good fit for you and your business, right? Simple, I'm not hard pitching, I'm not, I'm not hard selling, I'm just giving them the opportunity because again, I asked them, how can I help them? They told me, how can I help? And I'm saying, hey, this is how I can help. I'm just leading down the path based upon the questions that I'm asking and based upon the response, much like what I do on the podcast. And then the last one is what's the best way to keep in touch? Again, I always say if they communicate with you on whatever platform they first contacted you in, it would probably be ideal. So that's LinkedIn, email, Facebook Messenger. But then you want to kind of follow up because the person that may have made that referral, that may be their best communication vehicle, but the person that you're networking with, that may not be their best vehicle. So you want to give them an opportunity to figure out, okay, well, you know what? I know we contacted through LinkedIn, but my best vehicle is email. My best communication is phone calls. My best communication is text. And again, you're 
you cataloging this information for the next point of contact, right? And then last but not least, another follow-up question is like, you know, but I've done with some of my podcast guests as well too, is like, okay, we had a great interview. This episode is going to air whenever it's going to air. Let's follow up in like a week or two just to have a general conversation unrecorded just between you and I to kind of expand more on what we were talking about on the podcast, get a little bit more personal, a little bit more insight to who you are, what you're doing in your company, right? So I'm taking them from the podcast interview, which is a marketing platform, to more of a personal list. Let's see, maybe we could work together if not, then at least we have a communication and we're building up on relationships. Number 11, I think this is probably one of the most important of, and that is not last for that reason, but I think it's probably one of the most important of all the ones that I've listed before. Because all the other ones essentially are question strategies and understanding how to utilize those questions for the person you're networking, their benefit, and for your benefit, right? So, Always finding the common denominator. And with all the questions that I've listed, it's always thinking outside the box, always thinking about the magnification of things that you've done and things that you're going to do. Okay, so what does that mean, right? What food do they like? Do they even like food? What sports? What books? What movies? What language? What location? Where do they live? All these little bit of details become these building blocks, right? The prime example of this, if I'm talking to someone before a podcast episode and we're just generalized talking whatever and you know i'm asking them those questions that i asked before i'm doing the light networking and then through these questions they may say oh yeah you know i, I love food blah, blah 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 cool i have a food group the one of the reasons why i have a food group because i'm a foodie myself but i've also realized that a lot of people are like-minded and they like food as well too so then what i'm going to do is then invite them into my food group that also continues the networking offline it's more fun right? It's not talking about business. It's talking about food. Sports is the same thing. Like some people, like I, I got this one guy that he has a, um, a wrestling group, right? I have a martial art background. Obviously, anyone that grew up in like the 80s and in the 90s, WWF, WE is like big wrestling fans or whatever, whether it's Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, or anything else. He has a group. He invited me to that group. And it's cool because I didn't even know this group existed. So he did the same thing that I did to my food people. I invited them to my food group. He invited me to his wrestling group. So I'll go in there from time to time. And again, I can meet other people through this group, through him, because now I'm in that like-minded space. As long as you speak that language, it's going to make it really easy for you to convert. Another example of that is Brian. So Brian is someone that I met from a networking group that invited me to his beer group. I invited him to my food group. Obviously, I like beer, right? He likes beer and he likes food. So the commonality outside of the business is there. And his group, I, I meet new people on a regular basis through his, his beer group that I could easily then say, hey, I, I think this person is great. You're creating beer. You own a winery, whatever else. I would love to interview you on my podcast, right? And that's another level of networking. Languages, location. I'm from New York. Somebody's from New York. Oh, my God. What part of New York are you from? Oh, I'm from Long Island. I'm from Brooklyn. Oh, I'm from Brooklyn. Oh, what part of Brooklyn are you from? And you continue that conversation going. You're always wanting to find the common denominators, the X factor, the overlap to build up that relationship. So going into like my bonus, right? Everything that I just said was all building up to number 12, which is a bonus. How do you organize all this information from all these different people all at the same time? And I know people are probably like, well, that, that's a lot. Like, I don't even know how to, you know, keep track of my, my kid's schedule at school. So this bonus, number 12, it's memory palaces, a memory palace technique, right? It's summarizing everything that I was talking about 
into a story by using visual representation, right? So let me give you an example. And I, this is the same example that I used in my networking group recently. So Jen is our networking um, president. I've interviewed her on the podcast and we've had dozens of conversations. Every single time I have a conversation with Jen, I, I peel back another onion layer. I get another little bit of information. So how do I put all this information into this ecosystem that's just a filing cabinet that's just about Jen? Well, she was a dancer. So the first thing I think about, like when I first met her, she was telling me that she was a dancer. So the first thing I created was a dance studio, a visual representation to where second I see it, I think of her. Dance studio. Second to the dance studio, commonality, we both have sons. Her son wants to be a YouTuber. Okay, so now I walk into this dance studio and then I see a kid running around with a camera recording content. Easily rememberable for me. I can remember that. Oh, I'm in the dance studio. There goes the kid with the camera. And then I look to the right. She's also married. Her husband also teaches dance classes. So what is going to be in this dance studio? People dancing, getting instructed by her husband. Then she's also an author, and she authors books that are collaborative books of 25 authors, including herself. So then I'm going to look to the right in the dance studio, and it may be a conference room with 24 people sitting down writing in their journals or writing their books, right? And you can kind of see visually as I'm walking through this dance studio, it starts to become alive, and her story starts to become very transparent. At the back of the studio, there's people practicing, stretching, getting ready for martial arts because she's also done martial arts. Right on the other side of the studio, there's some sound therapy because she's into sound therapy as well. So visually, I'm walking into a dance studio. I see her husband teaching people how to dance. I see her son with a camera. I see a room full of 24 people writing down journal notes. I see like a little martial art class going on in the back room. I see a little sound therapy with a little crystal bowl over here. And then as this continues, as we have more conversation, as we continue to network, she's going to give me more and more layers. In addition to that, um, Primerica was one, one of her, her layers as well, too. So I, I kind of see Bobby Busan in the, in the corner in his barn talking to, you know, Primerica agents about how to scale and how to grow. All of these things are visually represented into this one visual memory palace for Jen. For everyone that I've interviewed on my podcast, for everyone that I meet, I have a palace for every single person. So it makes it really easy for me automatically to tell that story to myself in my head so when I meet someone that, that has commonalities with Jen, I'll be able to make that referral and make those connections, right? Prime example of that is like when she said sound therapy, automatically I went into my palace. I was like, okay, I've added this new sound therapy part to it. She's done sound stuff. But then I know someone that specializes in sound design, that specializes in sound therapy, that has a company called Sound Embrace, which is somebody else that I interviewed on my podcast. So what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to make those connections, right? I'm going to say, okay, Jen does sound therapy. Danielle does sound therapy. I think generally they should connect. That's the common denominator between both of them. They both believe in that essence of holistic healing, holistic health, and they're also great business people. So it only makes sense that I make that connection between them. And then I'll step and repeat. If I have an interview tomorrow with someone on another topic that's random and they start talking about sailing, well, I have a background in sailing, but I also know other people in sailing as well. So that's the first level of that palace that I'm going to build with them. I'm going to build that palace on some yacht or a sailboat. And then as we layer it in, I'm going to be able to depict a very clear visual of who this person is and how to maximize the best return to get them the best results through my networking resources. So again, hopefully that, that kind of helps. I think 
12 to me is like my real favorite out of all these different tips because it really helps you to visualize. If you're a visual learner, then this would make things 10 times easier. You, if you never heard of the Mary Palace, I definitely want to kind of look more into it. I think the book that I originally read was uh, Walking with Einstein. It's kind of where I got the, the original because I think part of that was figuring out names because I suck with people's names. So I, the, uh, part of that, I was like, how do I associate names? You could do names as numbers. You could do names as taking every single letter and putting the image towards it. For me, it makes it really easy. I just associate that person's name with an object or a shape or a place or a location. Right. An example of that, I have a neighbor who I've interviewed on my podcast and his first name is Romaine. So when I see Romaine, I don't think Romaine as his name. I see Romaine as Romaine Lettuce. And then from there, I go into his palace because I'm going into the grocery store. And that's the first thing that I see. And everything else about him is associated to a grocery store reference. But Romaine is the primary part that that way I'll never forget his name because I've always think Romaine Lettuce right off bat. I'm not going to say, hey, Romaine Lettuce out loud. But in my mind, okay, Romaine, Romaine, let us, boom. And then I go into his palace and everything that we've ever talked about, everything we've ever done is in this palace and it's cataloged. So it makes it easy for me to go down aisle two, aisle three, aisle four, the freezer aisle, the meat aisle, and just have associations to different products and services based upon who he is and what he's doing. So hopefully I think that kind of well rounds the topic of like the core of what networking is really about and how to maximize to get the best return on your networking, virtual networking. Obviously you could use these same strategies and techniques in physical, but in this particular topic is like, how do you get the best return? Like how do you get the best results out of virtual networking? These 11 tips, essay grant over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 732-233- boss. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss in Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.